Alexandra August, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History for February 23rd. Some mashups are so obvious. You can mix superheroes like Batman and Superman, you can mix storylines like G.I. Joe and Transformers, you can easily mix whole genres like sci-fi and comedy. Then there are combinations that seem anything but obvious. The ones that sneak up on you during a dream or medical anesthetic? That's what happened to writer Wallace McDonald when he came up with blending the singing radio cowboy with robots and ray gun science fiction in The Phantom Empire, a 12-part film serial that premiered on February 23, 1935. McDonald was having a tooth extracted, and the dentist put him under just enough that, somehow, the inspiration to mix singing cowboy Gene Autry with a super-advanced subterranean society was hatched. In retrospect, maybe it makes sense? In 1934, Gene Autry was a performer whose star was quickly rising. He had his own wildly popular radio show, and he was starting to appear in movies. At the same time, science fiction was taking off in comic strips and pulp novels. It was only natural to force these two crowd-pleasers together. The setup isn't much of a stretch for Autry. Gene plays himself, a good-hearted crooner who does a daily radio show from the ranch. We're also introduced to the kids. There always has to be kids in a story like this, right? Betsy and Frankie. They're inviting all the other kids in America to join the fan club, the Thunder Riders, so immediately we've got prime ground for a marketing tie-in. Wow, this whole thing is really ahead of its time. So what's it all about? And does it work at all? Let's discuss after the break. Born today in 1932, Star Trek actress and later Gene Roddenberry's wife, Majel Barrett. The long and short of it is this. The ranch is built right on top of the ancient lost city of Morania. Like Atlantis, it's super scientifically advanced. They've got everything, like an evil queen, ray guns, a beautiful art deco skyline, and robots with hats. Because... robot hats? There are corrupt scientists on the surface who are trying to get rid of Jean and the ranch so they can steal all that sweet radium. The queen is trying to protect her city, the kids are running interference, and there's some comic relief and at least a song or two in every episode. This was all put together on a shoestring budget, like most serials, and the pace was breakneck. Two directors worked simultaneously to keep up with the production demands, as was often the case for these low-budget programs put out by mascot pictures. They would shoot 70 or 80 setups per day, an outrageous schedule by today's standards, and often keep the cast and crew on site overnight in dorms so they could do it all again the next day like the factory setup it was. Nobody was aiming for an Academy Award, but they were aiming to keep the audience coming back for more. So did they? The Phantom Empire may not be at the tip of anyone's tongue when it comes to cinema classics, but there's something about it. Every 20-minute episode is fast-paced. There's a lot of action and real stunt work on screen, probably coming from actors who were not getting hazard pay. There's elaborate miniature work on the underground city. For every shot that reveals just how cheaply things were done, there's another that lets you take in the artistry of the designers and model builders whose work is on display. Remember, this serial came out less than a decade after Metropolis and a full year before Flash Gordon. Audiences hadn't really seen anything like it. 
In classic serial form, there's a death-defying cliffhanger at the end of each story, leaving everyone wondering if Jean or Betsy or Frankie would survive to the next episode. It's no wonder kids went wild for the Phantom Empire. Yes, there were serials before this one, even some with a scientific premise, but this was one of the first forays into a fully science fiction world. It just happened to come along with singing cowboys and a lot of horses, long before the Resistance galloped into battle on the backs of Orbox to take down a Star Destroyer. And never forget, robot hats. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for February 23rd. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.